What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Checkpoint Amigos. I am your host, Sancho West, alongside my co-host, Santi. How are you doing today, Santi? What is up, everybody? I'm not really here. I'm egregiously sick. I am being powered by Dayquil and five Red Bulls. I'm basically living on tiger blood at the moment. You're giving away free promos. We're not sponsored by any of that. We're not sponsored by tiger blood. And hey, yes. the audio <laughs> does seem kind of echoey on my end. I am currently in the process of moving. So I'm moving, Santi, I'm moving from California over to Texas, back to my hometown of Austin, yeah. Texas. So very excited about that. And uh, hopefully I get to catch some wrestling out there in Texas because there's nothing like Texas when it comes to wrestling. But yeah, so apologize for the echoness. I'll do my best to minimize that. But Santi, it has been a great ride. I mean, shout out to the people of TikTok. Well, close to 2000 followers on TikTok, my friend. Yeah, and it's only going to get bigger, folks. It's only going to get bigger and only. bigger. And you're in on the ground floor, folks. Diamond hands, all right? We've said it from the beginning. Stick with us for a few more weeks. This will continue to create an identity. It'll create, it'll have a foothold within your daily, weekly listening. I promise you, just give us a couple more episodes and we'll have you hooked. It, it's going to fester, you know? It's going to fester and you're going to hope that... Don't call anybody about it, though. Just let it yeah. let it fester. Uh, like what, the cordyceps. Yes. Uh, one thing I want to point out as well is uh, on YouTube, we'll have live episodes every Thursday at 2 p.m. That's when our podcast will go live in video form. And, of course, we'll be live on audio form in all major networks. We're still working on that Google. For some reason, they want like a birth certificate or something. I, I don't know <laughs> what they want from us, Santi. But we're working on that uh, briefly. But, hey, as we always begin every show, what you playing, Santi? What you been up to lately? Dude, I'm first of all, I'm still lost in the sauce of Call of Duty. All right, oh, Call of Duty is still the has classic. its grimy. Yeah, 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 it still has its grimy little fingers in me. Uh, so yeah, I'm still on my way to first prestige in Call of Duty Four. Oh, and goodness. then once I hit first prestige in Call of Duty Four, you know I'm gonna move on to World at War and Modern Warfare. Oh, 2. you're going I'm through all see, of them. Huh? I'm gonna see if I can go through all of That's them within the next year and get to just first prestige. That's it. One thing I was saying, like, I noticed in one of your comments on TikTok, I believe, is like someone was saying, like, I remember you'd be Michael Myers in Call of Duty. Is that, does that ring a bell? That you used of to make course content? it rings the bell. Dude, okay. So, give me a this is, I'm, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm sorry for audio listeners. So, I, I'll create the picture for you. So, I'm currently holding a old school silver play button from an old Call of Duty channel that I used to have where I used to play Call of Duty custom games, mm. all right? And uh, one of the most popular custom games that I had was Michael Myers. It's very simple. It's like a hide and seek, yeah. you know, knife only person would go around stabbing. Okay, but I've got a quick story to share because I have a bone to pick with Raven Software, Infinity War, and those blokes over at Activision, all right? I feel like I deserve I deserve my moment of fame. Oh, right? You're so, going to cut a promo? You're going to cut a promo? Oh, I'm cutting a promo. Oh, here Sancho. we go. It is the year of 2015 or 2014 can't quite remember call of duty ghost comes out yes. my michael myers videos are super popular i come out with a new game mode called predator and it's super popular then call of duty ghost comes out and the first dlc that they come out with is the michael myers dlc and then the second dlc they come out with is the predator dlc who was watching my videos back then and why didn't i get my just desserts I'm also playing WWE 2K23. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the promo in you. Yeah. Activision, Raven, or whoever owns you now, Microsoft, give my man his flowers that he, they deserve. I know that feeling. You know, you're out there grinding, and all of a sudden, you know, some dev comes on by. I'm, I'm cutting in your promo. You know, I'm, 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 your, I'm your valet. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's awesome, dude. That you, Congratulations on the button. I have a button, too. Um, I guess since we're doing show and tell... Show yeah, show and tell. Uh, so for the audio listeners, Sancho is uh, reaching for his play button as well. He's trying to one-up me right now. Uh, what do you got? There oh. it is. The new one. Oh, yeah, that's the new one. Uh, dude, I longest time I haven't ordered it. And then yeah. all of a sudden it came in. the Like I finally ordered it like five years later after I crossed 100K. But it's really <laughs> cool to have these things. It's a sign of community growth. And you know what, bro? Cannot wait to get one of these with you for the Checkpoint Amigos. YouTube Hell channel. yeah. 
Lux, what about me in terms of what I've been playing, Santi? I have no promos this time, but basically there's this game called the Password Game. You ever heard of this game? Oh my goodness, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're you're deep in the sauce of that? Yes. And I oh. beat it though. Took you me, beat it. It took me seven hours on my first go around, but it is a fun journey. And I, I, I it's a browser game for those who don't know, and I highly recommend it. It's a puzzle game where you have to make a password and you have to follow 35 rules of the said password. And it's quite difficult because it all depends on the time of day you play it. There's a geo guesser involved. I don't want to spoil the rest of it, but it was really fun. And the thing about it for me is we talked about this and we still are going to make a pot about this, folks, is that I consider myself a broken gamer. I came up with that. Like it hit me. I'm like broken Matt Hardy here. I'm a broken gamer because I haven't had so many of experiences. I've been robbed of many experiences in the later generation. So I told myself in 2023 as a content creator, I am going to try to do new things. And one of those things was the password game. I saw it on Instagram. I was like, let me just give a shot at this. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed not doing a battle royale or a multiplayer mm. or having to conform my content into a different thing. I haven't released the content yet on TikTok, but I'm quite interested to see what it does. But it was really fun being challenged in a different way. And I think that I, I highly recommend that game. And I think you should play it too. Um, I think I might. I have a quick question for yes. you. Um, because when I've seen other people play it, it kind of gives me vibes of the 2004 to 2008 era of flash games on places mm. like addictinggames.com. Yeah. Um, it, it, did it bring you back to those days at all? Or are you seeing something uh, that has a little bit more of a modern bite to it? Definitely a modern bite to it. I think it's because it involves more modern puzzles. And I, sure. like I said, don't want to give away. But I think the biggest thing that it is is because it leans more on beyond itself it makes you do other things beyond mm -hmm. the game and you have to open up different web browsers and you have to really reach back into your like high school knowledge i find it much more exciting and more thrilling because it's there is it's like a crossword puzzle but a very sophisticated crossword puzzle and it's something that i think everyone should try and i highly recommend you to stream it and see what you can do especially with your community i mean i had some luckily i had some guy on tiktok named yash and he was like really smart about chess and i was like thank the lord and then as soon as they left i i was like no i need you where did you go <laughs> um but yeah password game i highly recommend and this is your first time watching the checkpoint amigos we cover a variety of things and santi before we get into our topics my friend i just want to run down a little bit of some of the news get a little bit i like to call a hot take you didn't even know yeah, about this go. segment it is a hot no take. no no no, no, this is this is a blind reaction. This is it. This is it. Ubisoft has canceled its Immortals Phoenix Rising sequel. In January, Ubisoft said it had canceled three unannounced games, not including the Immortal sequels, and is planning to strength and focus on the biggest IPs and line services. After some research and things like that, people are, you know, they haven't confirmed it. They said they're not going to confirm these rumors, but how do you feel about Ubisoft canceling Immortals Phoenix Rising, which is basically a kind of like a Ubisoft version of Breath of the Wild, and it's considering that Ubisoft has pulled the sequel out it's done so cor yeah correct me if i'm wrong was this game not originally like the very first iteration of this supposed to be called gods and monsters i believe i believe so this game has okay. been out of development for a long time i remember playing it i highly enjoyed it it had a great kind of carrot to it and i liked it a lot but it's quite interesting to see that yeah. ubisoft pulled the, the devs off this one I, I'm ultimately like not surprised. I think we've seen this type of pattern before with games that made enough of a splash simply because they were the only thing available at the launch of a console. Mm -hmm. Because the original Phoenix uh, was one of the release titles for, uh, sorry, Mortals. I'm getting I'm getting myself mixed up with with the names of the uh, of the game, yeah. uh, but it was one of the original uh, PS5 titles, one of the original Series X titles. Uh, so I think it was artificial legs. I don't actually think that it was a franchise that was ever going to last the test of time. Mm. E even I saw through it. Even from the beginning, I I attribute it almost kind of like to a knack. If you remember um, the, the PS4, yeah, yeah. P PlayStation knack. Uh, just sometimes those. Um, those early console lifecycle games and new IPs mm -hmm. only have legs because it's the only thing that's available. So I'm ultimately not surprised that Ubisoft didn't see long-term potential in this. Yeah, that kind of piggybacks when we're talking about how Ubisoft can be 
seems like the master of all and the master of none at the same time. Here's the next story here, Santi, for your hot take. Nintendo Switch, according to multiple people with knowledge of Nintendo's next-gen console plans, the company's likely to release a new hardware. So they're saying in the second half of 2024, a new Switch will be out of something of that sort. No details on backwards co- compatibility. There is rumors that it won't be OLED, that it will be more LCD to lower the cost. So what I asked you, what's your hot take on Nintendo considering to buck the trends of having the elite equipment and the latest technology in their consoles again I mean they don't need to like they're their own thing they're their own entity whatever they do works whatever they release it could they could regress in technology they could go back and it <laughs> it could have the GameCube's hardware and this thing will sell a hundred million uh, because at the end of the day like I don't think that people buy the Nintendo latest Nintendo console for its power they buy it either one for the lineup and suite of games that are already available or they're encouraged to buy it because of its quote gimmick right Mm -hmm. is it the 3ds portability is it the portability of the switch etc we chucks things like that Uh, so Nintendo has is in a different is in a different realm they're playing a you know the Xbox and PlayStation they're playing checkers Nintendo over there is playing uh four-dimensional bakugan i don't know like they're they're just in a different realm altogether uh so um yeah i mean they could whatever it is that they plan on releasing it's gonna sell like crazy so lot but okay you know i say that but the wii u also exists right so they, they they do have a history of 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 falling flat on their face but it's one of those situations, especially with the Wii U, where like, especially hindsight being 2020, it was so obvious that was going to fail. And I just don't see them making that mistake ever again. I remember the backlash about the Wii U, considering it was so wonky, so weird, so out there. And then considering that PlayStation and Xbox were making like leaps and bound movements on everything technology wise and then for that wii u to come out you're like well i mean if you think about it though santi it kind of led the road to what it is now i mean it was it had that weird portable kind of like controller that had the screen on it so there's a lots of things that nintendo does but though it is my folks is hot takes real quick just to get you a little bit roundabout of the news that's happening today but santi you have our first topic for today and the first time at checkpoint amigos what you got for me Yeah, you know what? It's interesting that we're going from Nintendo into this because they are the masters of this. Uh, We're going to be talking about console mascots then, now, forever, (laughs) but really. (laughs) Console mascots in Uh, 2023. I want to get your... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I would like to know who would be on the now, then, forever thing for console. You know what? That might be an... You know what? Let's let's put a pin on that. Okay, let's Let's put a pin on that and come back to that because I think that's an interesting conversation. Um, But yeah, I wanted to talk about console mascots because in my era of gaming, the late 90s, early 2000s, like console... as, As a child, I guess yes. I should say, because I'm still gaming. Um, console mascots were the it thing. Like every company was trying to find their console mascot, whether you were Sega and trying to, you know, um, create. Well, they did. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog, of course. You got Nintendo with Mario. PlayStation always kind of struggled with it. But in the late 90s, they had Crash Bandicoot. Everyone was always trying to find their next console mascot. And then almost kind of like a Thanos snap they all sort of disappeared and it stopped becoming an industry norm and an industry expectation for these consoles to have that flagship bearing mascot to help sell units either with the masses with kids whatever it might be so i've got a couple of questions for you to help drive the the discussion here um you know when you think console mascots aside from the obvious mario all right because i think that's like yeah that's the goat Right, that's the goat of of console mascots, undeniably, all right? That's the John Cena of console mascots. Uh, When you think console mascots, aside from Mario, who do you think? Who who are three, four names that immediately stand out to you? Sure, Uh, when you gave me this question, I mean, I've been to ask myself, because I grew up in the same era of those mascots. I mean, I think of Gex, Gecko, right? Those those kinds of era type of things. I think what a mascot does is that it has to transcend the media of video games. And that's what certainly Mario has transcended that mirror. He made that leap into movies with Illuminations, Super Mario Brothers, and over a billion uh, gross at the box office. It just shows you how powerful a mascot can be. And like you mentioned, Nintendo has been able to thrive with their mascots. So the three that I think about, and I 
kind of picked and choose. And the third one, though, is going to be quite interesting in terms of it. Um, and then I have a couple rogue choices that I that I wish that they kept alive. My first one that comes to mind for Nintendo that's non-Mario and non-like Donkey Kong, Kirby, and all those sorts. I feel like a very underrated mascot for the Nintendo 64 was Star Fox. Star mm-hmm. Fox himself and then his rogue of, you know, Slippy and all Falco and all those guys. Barrel. Right, do a barrel and, and what was it, Peppy? Peppy the Hair. Like, those were awesome characters that I felt that we only literally didn't have that many games from them. And then the GameCube or whatever games that they had after that totally bombed. I remember they took the guts from that dinosaur game and they implement yeah. that and they made it like a 3D. Star Fox Adventure, I yeah, think it Star was. Fox yeah, Star Fox Adventures. And, but, dude, the Star Fox 64, they had all those cool characters. And Star Fox himself, you know, a rogue pilot out there following his father's footsteps like that to me i thought was a cool story and that's what made me enjoy the nintendo 64 and then of course that mascot was put into smash and now he's a whole totally different thing in the smash universe so the first one comes to mind is Star Fox. but the one that you mentioned was quite interesting you talked about how playstation doesn't really have mascots i think slowly they found some of course we could talk about kratos we could talk about joel and ellie from the last of us but the one that i feel really captures the bravado of playstation that's nathan drake there is something special about nathan drake that he can transcend media i know the movie uncharted with tom holland and mark Wahlberg is not the best of those representations of nathan drake but i think there's a lot of legs in that franchise and nathan drake can move consoles i feel that is one of the most biggest thing if you are a mascot for whatever you need to be able to move consoles you need to be able to get com- people to convince to come on over to switch platforms or to pick up your console and nathan drake does that especially with uncharted 4 there's something special and magical about that entire storyline and nathan drake and with the the power of nolan north behind him who is another part of that mascot uh, mascot love is i definitely would have to say if you had to ask me someone that's beyond mario who is my favorite i would have to go with nathan drake but what brought you this question like i'm interested to see like what mascot made you go like oh man i remember this guy or this this animal or whatever yeah well it's 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 actually a different question that brought this conversation Mm -hmm. about but i'll tell you a little bit more about where my where my train of thought is and i think you answered it throughout that because i was going to ask you does a mascot need to be quote family friendly in order for it to be the flag bearer of a brand the flag bearer of a console the flag bearer of a generation it seems that you are not of the mind that it needs to be because i don't either because for me the flag bearer of a generation for me because is I you can think of mascots as console specific or generation specific for me is solid snake for me solid snake yeah. is 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 the flag bearer of a, a console gate right. for a PlayStation yeah, yeah a PlayStation in the era that um that got me to f- truly fall in love with uh with gaming so mm-hmm. I was gonna ask you does a mascot need to be family friendly in order to get that mass appeal that you that you mentioned earlier no I mean Nathan Drake you know, murder slews of slews of people on on a regular every video game. Uh, no, it doesn't have to be family friendly. I mean, Kratos is one of them. A mascot needs to be able to be like, wow, there's that person. And I think what draws me back to another question that you kind of asked the sub question is, why are they gone? Why have they gone away? Because I think because console exclusivity is slowly fading away that the, uh, the thought idea of cross-platform play microsoft we already talked about in the previous podcast getting out of the console arms race kind of dipping out of it the only players that are really championing their consoles uh, ex- uh mascots are the ones that still hold on to that exclusivity so i think bethesda would have that opportunity to have that kind of mascot resurgence again you know the skyrims the um and the same thing with like the the Borderland franchise, uh, I forget Gearbox. All those ones, they still have them. I think it's now shifted from a console mascot to more of a game console, like a game mascot. So, the one that came to mind is Peely from Fortnite. I know he is super family friendly to answer your question, but he is a known icon in that game. And anytime you see him in a trailer, a plush doll, he's in an emote somewhere, people draw to the love of Peely because he captures the absurdity and the fun that mm. Fortnite can be because it's a giant banana running around and in a battle royale. So I think there is a shift, Soundy, from consoles to games, you know, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, Ryu, Ken, like even Killer Instinct, Fulgore, uh, 
who's the skeleton in Killer Instinct? God, it's going to spinal. So like those are the type of mascots that we're attracted to and those stand the test of time. But you're talking about like Mario level types people. I don't know if there's anyone near Mario because it used to be Sonic, but not anymore. Mario's untouchable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, 100%. He's uh, he's undeniably the biggest mascot in, in you could almost argue like entertainment like period, honestly. Um so uh, I'm very I want to dig a little bit further into what you were saying um in terms of console exclusivity. Mm -hmm. It almost cuz to me the console the console wars and internet fanboys like that era to me is dead i don't think that exists anymore i still think that there's a little bit there's sleeping agents everywhere and there's sleeping agents but i do remember remember like the genuine heat to use another yeah. wrestling term from the ps3 xbox 360 fans and all the way dating back to the era of uh nintendo and sega and yep. i think that that's when those console mascots were, I guess, like the most viable in terms of uh, being used as marketing pieces uh, to help elevate the the console within the console war space so that they can win the hearts of their fanboys, et cetera, et cetera. I was going to say, um, you just hit me like, well, back in the day, dude, you had to sell a game based on the cover art. There was no... Yeah switch stream there was not a TikTok. you didn't get a sense of what a game was you had to have a cool mascot or someone on the cover to make you go dude this game looks awesome i want to buy it you know i think of bugsby you know bugsby that little yeah. whatever animal that was oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know even spot the seven dude i could go deep into the video game like animals of archives but one of the things it reminds me of is like it makes me wish that we still were part of that but the problem is you go past that like you know tracer from overwatch things of that sort like you you get attached to these characters and there's more hero shooters so that you could continue to grow and be attached to them and there there's a part of that that you if you have a game you need to have personalities inside the game but i really do wish and um, i don't know if i don't want to derail with your thought process but i want to ask you what kind of a mascot you wish came back and i'm bummed that bad Mr. Frosty from Clay Fighter did not have a better run. He was one of the coolest looking cover arts. He's cool. Dude, he is really, like, no pun intended. Yes, he is cool. But he had the purple hat, stopa, and he was muscular, and he had, like, an edge to him. And I really do wish that bad Mr. Frosty had a better shake. So uh, your your question is, uh, what console or mascot? What I mascot do you wish you could, that you wish you loved that could make a comeback? Well, it, it was going to lead to my next uh, bit of conversation. I would love for Master Chief to really regain that Steve that doesn't exist that, anymore. And, yeah, that and, push. I, and, and I, yeah, and I was going to ask you about like what the heck is going on with Xbox and their inability to create console mascots, and when they have something, they aren't able to to really ride that wave of momentum. Because I yeah. remember the Xbox 360, sure, like we had Master Chief, same with the original Xbox, and then all of a sudden Xbox One and then and beyond, uh, the concept of Master Chief as being like the flag bearer of Xbox, like I think to a lot of people started to wind down. I think of Marcus Phoenix going through the Gears same yeah. thing. Yeah, the, the, the folks from Gears of War, those giant shoulder monsters. I wanna know what their shoulder routine is. But what's going on with Xbox? and their inability to really create a loyal fan base around a mascot because they've been struggling for a couple of years now i think that attributes to xbox inability to really make strong exclusive games halo infinite is seen as a failure in a lot of people's eyes i know the single player campaign is great and i know there's like flashes of brilliance in the multiplayer and if you played it people loved it but it does not have that same reverence and it does not have that same viewage so to speak it's not pulling in the numbers when it comes to people excited about it anymore and i think it's and i hate to say this it's because they dropped the ball and not having a battle royale the battle royale trend is still strong and still gets gathers a lot of casual audience and people driving by and at the time people were like dude halo infinite's coming this is it this is going to be xbox's battle royale it's their chance to put a dent in the big three of fortnite apex and call of duty and they didn't do it and they dropped the ball and then you're like dude apex is prime i mean halo is prime for battle royale it's like the perfect thing you had overshields the weapons the the vehicles the 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 
the environments, like everything about it, Master Chief, the Spartans, the customization, all that's there. And, it, and they didn't come through. They failed to execute. And it's the same thing with Gears of War. It's one of those things that's like what happened to them is like they, the gear, what they're on five now. And I think it's just the, the lack of confidence. And well, Phil Spencer's already said this. They don't want to be in the console race anymore. They're, they're there to sell subscriptions and they're not there to bank on any kind of, you know, arms race. I mean, you think of the earlier mascots of, like we mentioned, Marcus Phoenix, uh, Master Chief. I think of Tomb Raider. I think of Laura Croft as being part of that. Not the PlayStation version, but the, you know, the Crystal Dynamics Laura Croft. She was a mascot at one moment, too, for Xbox because she was the answer to Nathan Drake. I simply think it's just because they're not putting out great games. I think they will, and I think they're going to. They have so many great studios, and I think they will make a comeback. But I, I've noticed that a lot in gaming for Xbox is more about you, your experience, your the Skyrims, the Fallouts, the... Um, no, mm. I'm talking about Bethesda, but like, for example, um, whatever the, that new game, Star Citizen, right? If that's the game I'm, talking, I'm thinking about, I'm trying to think about Starfield. It. Starfield, yes. So Starfield, that's going to be your experience. You're not a mascot and things of that sort. I think of uh, the guy from Mass Effect as well. That feels like an Xbox mascot too. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I feel like because Xbox blends with PC, you're kind of like crossing the wires. It's not as distinct as PlayStation and Nintendo. Uh, to simply put, it's because Xbox is not playing that game anymore. Okay, um, but we know that Xbox has a lot coming out. They have they a do. lot in the pipeline. Um, they had a fantastic showing over the over the summer in terms of uh, the what they've got. It's yeah, fantastic showcase. Uh, so my next question to you is, uh, and you don't have to keep it to Xbox here. You can yeah. go into Nintendo. You can go PC. What and even PlayStation. Sure. What upcoming games or upcoming franchises do you see a potential in a character from there becoming a flag bearer and a console mascot? Because you mentioned a couple of these Bethesda games, but the problem with those games is that for the most part, we're dealing with a faceless protagonist that is supposed to be a representation of the player as opposed to a um, creation by the developer. So is there anything that's kind of standing out to you? Because I know I tossed this question out to you. I'll give you a second to think because I can think of you know from the playstation side of things um the uh, aloy for example yep. could be a, a good representation for playstation moving forward especially as um the the population of gamers starts to become more diverse and we're getting more and more female gamers into the space uh -huh. more and more female content creators so uh she could be a great flag bearer um as a mascot that, that brings a different level of diversity mm -hmm, uh, to the space mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i could also think oh my goodness i can't think of his name uh but the little robot from um oh my gosh from the game that came with the playstation 5 yeah I don't know I, I just cannot, he looks like the controller uh, he looks like the controller yes. yeah, yeah 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 i cannot remember his name um any are there any uh upcoming ips console mascots uh, not console mascots, sorry, characters that you could see potentially being console mascots. His name is or Astro. any of the players here. Uh, his name is Astrobot. Astro yeah, yes, Astro yes, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that I mean, for me, I really do feel that PlayStation's right now they're they're leaning so hard on The Last of Us. So Joel and Ellie will continue their their reign for PlayStation for a long time. The sad thing is, is though they're really also banking on marvel so spider-man is going to be mm -hmm. a playstation mover as well as miles morales so those are the ones i think what it's going to take is it's going to be an old school name it's not going to be a new ip that will mm -hmm. be a mascot simply because new ips really struggle to capture and it's going to lead into my topic too which is quite interesting i don't know how we're melting together but I feel it's going to be an old IP, and I think it's going to have to come from a media source that's beyond gaming to pull it back in. So I'm thinking like the anime from Castlevania, right? They could reboot Castlevania. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking Dante from Devil May Cry could make a comeback. Ninja Gaiden can have another resurgence. James Bond James, on Xbox. Dude, James Bond can make a resurgence as well. The one that I come to mind the most in terms of making a comeback is Twisted Metal. 
Uh, mm. Twisted Metal, of course, is on Peacock right now. Uh, I would like to do a review for it, for the Checkpoint Amigos, but I desperately, desperately, desperately am standing with the actors and the writer's strike, so we won't have that just yet. Um, but when that, when all that's over, we're going to talk about it. But Twisted Metal, Sweet Tooth, to me, is a very iconic character, has a great look, great silhouette, and he, not necessarily, he's not family-friendly in the slightest, but I think Twisted Metal as a franchise could could do something and it's been it's been a very dormant franchise and i think that could make a comeback so i just don't think in this world there's no room for new ips i mean we've seen overwatch what has to be one of the strongest new ips in this generation that we've experienced now struggling in overwatch 2 their mascots can't carry that franchise because the game is just not that great anymore and i think you're going to see more and more studios relying on the old well of older franchises to continue with nostalgia power to withhold audiences attention more so than any other um any other new ips or anything of that sort creatively one last question yes is our boy Sackboy dead dude he's long gone i was gonna i was gonna talk about him uh, Sackboy's yeah. gone i mean i like Sackboy, and he was like the mascot of playstation 3 era uh, little oh, big, he, he was like the thing he was the thing the little big planet franchise I, again it's so interesting mario could withstand bad games there was a lot of bad Mario games that I don't know where you're, and even Link to the Past, I mean, Zelda or Link has some bad games too. Like there's just a couple of games that just don't hit with people, but Sackboy had Little Big Planet 4 and it just collapsed. That's it. He's gone and he's no longer on the, he got replaced by Astrobot. So yes, unfortunately, if you love the Sack boy you're not gonna be able <laughs> you're not gonna be, yeah that, that pause in between you, was dangerous you know what you say? <laughs> but um i didn't before we leave this topic santi um just rattle off some of the mascots that you enjoyed from your past like i just want to know yeah. a little bit more a little about santi. my favorite is uh solid snake and i think right? um, that, yeah. to, to dive <laughs> a little deep in that i think a great representation of just how powerful solid snake is as a mascot just look at his reveal in super smash brothers just a simple little sound of of the of the codec and kept you waiting huh the yeah. entire crowd at e3 pops right then we have his reveal um in the upcoming metal gear solid i don't know what they're snake calling eater. it yeah, snake eater. i know it's yeah. snake eater but is it like delta or something it's like yeah. a weird logo yeah, 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 yeah. anyways it all they had to do was show his face for a quick second and everybody knew oh my god metal gear is back i think that that is an underrated trait for a successful mascot where you don't need to showcase everything about them you just need to you just need to have that one little split second about them and instantly recognizable and everyone instantly loves them were you worried that with uh uh hideo kojima or hideo leaving konami that would kill snake like that's it no more a, a thousand Gear? percent um i it wasn't so much hideo leaving and i know we're getting a little bit off topic but we're going into my psyche i think it was just uh, Koni, uh kojima's not kojima sorry konami's weird right. business practices where all they cared about for a while was Yu-Gi-Oh and pachinko machines pachinko, that's yeah. what i thought was gonna kill metal gear and castlevania and a lot of the great ips that they had konami that's why i was holding ones. out hope yeah, for like PlayStation to come through and either license or just flat out buy some of those licenses. Um, so yeah, was I nervous? Absolutely, 100%. But more so because of Konami's weird business practices. Yeah, and it makes me miss like Sam Fisher as well. I mean, where is Sam Fisher? I mean, that's another yeah. one of those drop balls. I mean, you. but like I said, I think it, it's like because online and gamers are getting more sophisticated, it kind of reminds me of wrestling, right? Wrestling audience fans, we're getting more sophisticated. It's going to be really hard for us to buy into stories just like the Bloodline, things of that sort, just to dip into that to, or toe into that audience. It The mascots are different. They're there, but they're just mm -hmm. different. And we talked about Hideo. Hideo is a mascot. Whatever he does, there's going to be legions of fans that are going to yeah. flock to whatever he does. Naughty, Dog, Naughty Dog's a mascot. Whatever they do, you're, you're going to have legions of fans. Whatever Epic or whatever Fortnite does, you're going to have legions of fans. So 
it's quite interesting, man. Um, yeah. It's and quite uh, sorry, one last, the last one that I'll mention from uh, from my era of the PS1 days is of course Crash Bandicoot, and something that's very, very, very unique to that era of con of um, of console mascots is their ability to just get plugged in into games that <laughs> were completely like separate from what they were originally known for right kart racers we yep. had crash bash to fight uh mario party that's something we don't see anymore uh we i guess the other arm the other tentacle of of the mascot and the types of games that they can appear in would be the crossover fighters like super smash brothers multiverse playstation yep. battle royale i'm like whoa whoa <laughs> whoa no sir if we are going to do a podcast together, I need you to be on board PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. That is one of the games that started off that $100,000 $100, subscriber run, okay? I was a champion of that game. I love Sir Daniel for, uh, uh, so much. I've casted that game. I played in tournaments of that game. Santi, we cannot have this sure. division. Yeah, you know it what? It had iconic characters Dude, like Colonel did. Raddick from Killzone 2. It, the biggest mistake that it made, and I know we're off shoot here, the biggest mistake that they made was not embracing just say, Yes, we're a Smash copy. If it would have said yeah. that right off the rip, you're like, yes, we're copying Nintendo. This is our Smash. It would have been amazing, but no, it did it different. The special finishers were really cool, but I think if they would just restructure that and made it awesome. Now, a random character in that game as DLC, when I knew I was like, this is the it, was Zeus was a playable character. I was like, all right, we're, I guess we're done here, huh? I guess we're done here, brother. All right, before we move on, I've got just five characters, and I want you to tell me uh, overrated or underrated Ooh. as a console mascot. Okay. Okay? I, All I, right. I, this, I like this. Go ahead. Yeah, and feel free to give me some reasoning. Um, Minecraft Steve. <sighs> overrated. Overrated Ooh. because a mascot needs to uh, uh, attract everybody from all ages and i feel like minecraft i know it's one of the biggest games of all time and i know a lot of people love it but i think as a mascot he just doesn't have that barrier to break into like the grandmas and the grandpas and things of that sort so i'm gonna say overrated and i'm sorry okay the nintendo me oh the oh you creating your own me it's the me oh the me you know what underrated dude because that thing's last multiple generations, and it's very special how simplistic it is, and that to have that little character not only be in the Wii Sports and all the Wii Resort and all that kind of stuff, I gotta give it to them. I, I enjoyed it being. Remember when Nintendo released their own app, and you you mm -hmm. played it and you create your. I thought that was very cool. I I think it's it's something that's very underrated that people will miss once it's gone. The red-eyed held guest. Oh, is that? <sighs> That's what? just the think Killzone Two, the cover of, of, yeah. of every Killzone. It, the, okay, so side note on that game, I think the biggest problem with Killzone was that they never focused on a character. the The thing about Killzone was the Hellgast. Yeah, no, I think it's can I go properly rated because it's gone. That's weak. <laughs> one overrated or underrated. I'm gonna well, I'm definitely gonna say underrated because Killzone is a franchise that should come back. And I think that I know you hate it on Radic a lot when it comes to PlayStation <laughs> All Stars Battle Royale, but I really feel that Killzone as a franchise has room in this space. There's uh, definitely room for it. Like Wolfenstein has done really well. Um, there's a variety of first person shooters that are like very atmospheric that do really well, and Killzone should be one of them. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to say underrated. Okay, Jack and Daxter. <sighs> I think they're overrated simply because Ratchet and Clank kind of do the same vibe. And I know they mm. they kind of feel this, they scratch the same itch. I know Jack and Daxter are Naughty Dog titles. Um, but yeah, I mean, you the, the, the du okay, duo, duo mascots, even though Joel and Ellie are one of them too, they're kind of like overrated. Like, you need to stick with one almost. That's why I like about Nathan Drake. He's a solo. Right. Act. And then just the last one, since uh, they are one of those crossover uh, that has a hit show on Netflix, Geralt of Riviat from The Witcher. Oh man, I think he's, I think he's underrated, and I know you hear my my puppy in the in the background. He he wants to chime in. I think he's underrated as a uh, uh, entire vibe. I mean, I think Henry Cavell really brought him into like close to being overrated, right? Because you're like, okay, come on. But the, I think the you're going to miss Henry Cavell in the Netflix show. 
And at the same time, I feel like the video games, the reason why he is underrated is because he's kind of trapped in that CD Projekt Red type of vibe. What I mean is, if you don't like a CD Projekt Red game, you're not going to play The Witcher. But you should, because he's really cool, right? And the, the show itself is really awesome beyond that. I want to say he's underrated. All right. Well, thank you for playing, Sancho. Time for your time for your topic. I think. Time for my topic, and I'm gonna read Minecraft comments forever. All right. <laughs> so this is actually piggybacks on your topic on an accident. I wanted to talk about in terms of franchises, all these developers and studios. I've noticing the trend that's slowly upticking. It's the 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 vibe of remasters versus remakes. All those kinds of vibes. And um, apologies, I didn't put the topic on, but yeah. Remakes and remasters. And the reason why I brought this up was there is a rumor, Santi, that that's swirling around that Red Dead Redemption 1 is going to be remade and remade or remaster remade. Of course, recently, Last of Us has been remastered. Part 1 and Part 2 is going to be Like, all that stuff's happening on Naughty Dog Front. We've already talked about. But another thing as well is that in... 20 there's an article that i noticed this guy named ruben ward has remastered on his own simpsons hit and run on the unreal engine 5. this is a project that he did on his own and he was very worried that disney is going to shut it down because after fox was acquired by disney he was like all right this is it but he continued working on it and he recently just finished it in 2021 in the ign article they spoke to the simpsons writer matt selman and he said like we're not going to see any remake because the remastered version was complicated it's in a complicated corporate octopus to try to make it happen he said developer radical entertainment is now owned by activision is busy offering other activision studio support so perhaps if microsoft ends up buying activision which it has blizzard xbox maybe phil spencer could bring it out of its licensing hell but that's the thing that i'm noticing is do you feel that remasters and remakes do have a place in gaming going forward and the sub question to that is it non-consumer is like unconsumer friendly to be now that that's the space that we're the error of gaming that we're heading towards well well okay so um is there a space for them i believe so absolutely uh, from a financial point of view uh, that's an easy sale right it's a slam dunk to be able to piggyback off of something that's worked in the past as opposed to diving into the scary realms of starting a new ip and potentially bombing okay uh, i think we talked about phoenix immortals rising right mm -hmm. i think that's a good example right mm -hmm. like they they it is easier to rely on something that has worked as opposed to uh, gambling on something that hasn't worked. So is there a space from a financial point of view for the developers? Absolutely, right? It's, it's, it's the... It's the low-hanging fruit for a developer. It's the low-hanging fruit for a publisher. They're, they will always be there. They will be here until the end of time. Um, it, it, is it consumer-friendly? That's the, I, I believe, the real crux of this question um, because I think the answer is yes and no because there are games where I look at and say, yeah, this needed to be remastered. Resident Evil 4 is a great example of a game that was... Um, accessible, sure, because uh -huh. it was re-released on on PS4, Xbox 360, PC, Xbox One, um, but the controls weren't accessible. The controls were stuck in a time period um, of, of 2004, 2005. So, sure, you can make the game available for purchase now, but it is inherently inaccessible to people that are used to a certain type of controls with games nowadays. So that type of game deserved and needed a remaster mm -hmm. the last of us for the ps5 that is where i start to draw the line where um okay all this was a this was a nice facelift you put more makeup on something that was already pretty that was already working that was already playable on the ps5 that's where i start to question whether or not that's consumer friendly especially when they price it at full price as if it was the same you know as the same project as the last of us 2 that's where i think the conversation becomes um you know pretty black or white honestly what do you think well, the thing about that remake or remaster, where they, they call it a, a rebuild, from what I remember their lingo was, is that it's not the total package. It's missing the multiplayer. And I know that, I, yeah. I, it's that's not the total package of what was presented and factions was gone. But I feel that 
I mean, with you got to understand, you know, Naughty Dog has been put in a weird position where it is now the champion of its entire PlayStation, and now its HBO show and all that kind of stuff makes it where it needs to be accessible, and it needs to be. Their logic was, Santi was, if people played Part Two. And or if people want to get into Last of Us, they play part one and then they go to part two. They'd be like, "Where, we're confused. What happened? Like, people won't uh, understand that it was a generational gap. Literally, a game from the PlayStation Three era on that old architecture coming all the way over to the PlayStation Five. The thing is, the Last of Us remaster, the first iteration of it, was available for like fifteen, ten dollars, twenty bucks. Essentially, you could buy it digital and be able to play on the PlayStation Five, like you mentioned." It was free. It was free as well for the PlayStation. Multiple 4. times. It was free on Plus, and mm-hmm. it was free in the lineup of games if you bought were a PlayStation one like 5. The, yeah, yep. if you bought a PlayStation 5. So the main thing about it is the reason why I've talked about this is because like Red Dead Redemption, the original one, that is a huge leap in the difference between the engine and the architecture and all of that between that and Red Dead 2. And I understand that remastered. My wars worrisome in this is that it's not going to lead to any opportunities for anything new. For example, Mortal Kombat, it's not necessarily being a remake or remaster, but they're going back to the beginning of Mortal Kombat 1. They reset the timeline so they can restart the franchise, so to speak, in their lore of the single-player story. So my thing is, Santi, is like, if people are going to make safe bets and if, if people are going to rely on the Baldur's Gate 3, the Final Fantasy 16s, and they're going to rely on these old mascots that we've been talking about for the past 40 minutes, is, is that mean that gaming is now just going to not have room for new IPs? Well, I, I, there's there's room for more IPs for the developers that have the, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? The street cred, right? If Naughty Dog decides to create a new IP, it's going to turn heads. We're, our, everybody is going to want to dip their toes in and see what Naughty Dog created because there is a level of trust between developer and player right mm-hmm. we know that that they are capable at any moment in time of creating a masterpiece that is brand new completely original something you've never seen before but not every developer has that level of street cred so i don't blame developers that and i know it's kind of funny using the word street cred in this in it but it's it's literally what i'm what i'm trying to to convey because there's a lot of developers that just don't have that like imagine um i'm trying to think here um Infinity Ward is probably a really great example. Imagine Infinity Ward trying to come out with something that isn't Call of Duty. They try to come out with a third-person slasher or something like that. That's 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 dangerous. I think that is a very dangerous position to put a developer like Infinity Ward in because they have their bread and butter. They know what works. They know what sells. And all it takes nowadays is one game to bomb for a studio to get completely gutted mm-hmm. by 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 the governing arm or whatever publisher owns them or whatever major entity owns them. Look at EA. How many how many studios did they close because one game bombed from from that particular from that particular developer? Like it's 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 a scary notion to ask a developer to come up with something brand new when they know that they could just dip into something that works. So is there room? Of course, there's always room. We're always gonna want that. Um, but in just like any other type of media like television like movies um it's the safer bet to go with the things that have worked in the past sequels remasters remakes whatever it might be you can be pretty certain that those are going to sell but knack would that sell would um i don't know what's xbox coming up with well starfield's a scary one right but they got the street cred they got the street cred is what i'm trying to say well, the one thing is, it's like, I, dude, there are games that I wish were back. And we talked about, like I mentioned, Twisted Metal. Do I want to see a Twisted Metal remake or a Twisted Metal remaster? Not necessarily, because it's not going to be that thing that was going to withstand it, especially in today's market. The one character that always I think about that Capcom has a mascot that has been severely underused is Onimusha. Like, Onimusha Ooh. is one of the greatest games that I've ever played in a long time. And I love Onimusha 1, 2, and 3. And I every time I see anything in a samurai setting at these things, I'm like, is it Onimusha coming back? And sadly, no, it's not Onimusha. But that's the thing I'm talking about. Like, 
Onimusha, if they remastered one through three, I'd be down to play it. Like I would be there front and center full price. But I think where developers get in trouble is that if they do remaster or remake something, they need to add more to the package. Like they need to add more, you know, behind the scenes look, maybe a way to retrograde it, to be able to play it in its original state. Those kinds of things that make me feel like, okay, this is worth the additional maybe $30, $40 that you're asking for me. I think what's going to end up happening, we already see it, is that because there's games as a service, because there's more, even more like streaming and multimedia and movies and things like that are competing with video game space, you're going to see more and more of these studios relying on it. I mean, that's why your boy, Snake, is coming back in a remaster. So, you know, as someone that's played it, would you say hey this is a great entry point for snake like why remaster this one compared to all the other ones that were available for remaster sure if we're talking specifically about that game um oh my god dude if you want to dive into the metal gear I do. timeline let's go a little bit oh my god uh that is the first game in the metal gear timeline so if their plan is to go from beginning to end for the metal gear timeline if that is their plan this is a great jumping in point um that being said just know that you're not playing as the solid snake that everybody knows and from loves five, you're playing right? again you're playing this it's confusing man there there's three snakes there are three <laughs> playable snakes there's naked snake aka big boss there's solid snake and then there's venom snake from mgs5 it's a very very confusing thing but yeah this is a great entry point um for them to decide to go with mgs3 i think is is safe but also bold at the same time um because I, the easy choice and the game that needed the biggest a facelift but it's also the one that would have required the most work was mgs1 mm -hmm. right it's 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 it, there was a remake on the gamecube that everybody hated because they basically made it into the matrix mm -hmm. um but um it, that was the right choice as as a metal gear fan mm. you maybe or anybody else that hasn't been into the metal gear uh ethos in the metal gear ecosystem this is the perfect jumping in point because you're going to get a game with modern graphics a game with modern controls and you're going to be at the very start of the timeline so um it's a good choice well yeah the one thing uh, is interesting is because i mean let's be real the results are there you talked about resident evil 4 resident evil 2 remake i think was a fantastic that was my game of the year when it first came out because yeah. there's something special yeah there's something special about a game that is capsule like capsule perfectly there's a start to end it doesn't go 20 30 40 minute 40 hours it's an eight hour 10 hour 12 hour game you're in and out and you're done and at the same time final fantasy 7 remake has been doing enormous numbers and it's one of the highest selling remakes of all time so you cannot ignore these yeah. type of things when it comes to remakes i'm just interested to see like what is like i don't understand if the power of remake nostalgia is there why is it not every developer at least doing one remake or remaster for example why isn't wwe maybe i know ukes or thq or whatever do a remaster of the old school wrestlemania 2000 no mercy like i know we just had AEW, um or whatever they call it, AEW. Fight forever fight forever they did their thing but what's up in why why hasn't wwe done that before like why isn't more of these companies like simpsons hit and run i know which is in licensing hell but why don't they just go hey let's remaster something once a year to throw a bone to our fans because i would love that what is your um what is how do i phrase this i don't want to ask you necessarily what is the best remaster i want to ask you what is the one remaster that you've been the most impressed by or you know or surprised by i'm gonna i'll, I'll give you mine because this one's okay. very bizarre um i think it was nhl 2022 uh there was a the ability if you pre-ordered the game to get nhl 94 with modern players in the game it was mm. brilliant it's absolutely brilliant and i'm bringing that up because it kind of reminded me of what you were saying there with wrestlemania 2000 imagine wrestlemania 2000 gameplay but with the modern roster right, right? that would be super cool that's all we so want that it's so i'm curious have you have you ran into any sort of remaster where you're like holy shit that was unique that was different uh and i would love to see more of that and it didn't cost me 90 dollars. well the one thing that I've, I've always felt that i already mentioned is was resident evil 2 i feel that mm. that was a remaster that totally nailed 
everything that I loved about Resident Evil, the modern graphics, the the everything updated, and just the vibe of that game, and just feeling the remaster, a perfect remaster is it needs to recapture the nostalgic feeling, and it needs to you know remind you of what gaming was and take you back to those days, but still be easy on the eyes, so to speak. Um, so that would be definitely be the one that I'm I think about the most. What's interesting to me is one that I am looking forward to is Super Mario RPG. Mm. They just announced it and it looks gorgeous. Like seeing the new art style and remembering the old intro, the trailer, that's something that I heavily want. But what's interesting um, that you keep harping about, like what's something that really impressed you in terms of, it's not necessarily remastered, but kind of like a re-release is the Max Payne games. There's something Mm. about going back into that era of video games that's highly enjoyable and i hope that one day the max Payne series comes back as a remaster because max Payne 3 i think had a lot of opportunities for success and i really miss max Payne as a character which is an interesting uh, mascot to bring up the final one that i hope to see remastered and i kind of got a taste of it i don't know if i'm wrong if they did this but i feel like in my back of my mind i feel like they have is la noir L.A. Noir was one of my favorite games that I've ever played, and it had the great aesthetic of of capturing the 1930s or 40s, or whatever, as a detective in Los Angeles. And they had that that doubt system, and they had the interrogation system. I feel like if that had a remastered, I I, I would be so happy to play it. But to answer your question, it would be Resident Evil 2, like hands down. Resident Evil 2 had the best remaster I have ever played in a long time. By the way, I think that there is a uh, L.A. Noir remaster that is available, and uh, I've never played that game. I just know the oh, meme dude, of you need to play it. Doubt. Yeah. <laughs> well, if funny story is that there was a issue when they made that game. It wasn't doubt. It was something else. So that's why sometimes he's super aggressive when you hit doubt. You're like, why are you so aggressive? Because it was. It's like more. It's supposed to be aggressive or like really nail this character in terms of interrogating, <laughs> but it's a really fun game. Um, but yeah, this is something that just come to mind is because like we're seeing more of these dips, redips, triple dip, quadruple dips into these old franchises. But Santi, I'm going to put you to the test. Of course, okay. all these remasters and whatnot are thanks to the strength of the franchise. So this is based on how many copies units. A franchise has sold. So, Santi, I am asking you to give me the top five best-selling video game franchises of all time. Okay. Um, I got to start off with GTA. I think GTA is in number It's got to be in the four? Number four. It's in the four. Okay. Uh, Give me the Super Mario franchise in general. Okay. Super Mario in general has sold over $826 And number one. Oh, my gosh. Uh, All right. So, I've got GTA. I got Super Mario. Uh, I don't think Minecraft has done these numbers yet as because uh, it's just one game. They ever come out with Minecraft 2, perhaps. Um, Minecraft right. at number six. At number wow, six. Wow, that is powerful. That Minecraft is at number six with one game. One mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. As well, I guess they got like the they got a couple of like the they had that one dungeon crawler thing. But uh, let's let's be honest. It's the Minecraft game that's mm-hmm. carrying that franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so. Uh, has Tetris crossed the top five? Number two. Number Ooh. two. Let's go. Uh, give me FIFA. Number five. Ooh. Number five. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so I need number three. You need, tr- you need three and four. I thought, okay, okay. So I've gotten. Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, Mar- you need, you need. Okay. Okay. This is, you got six was fifa seven was minecraft i'm all messed up oh you need two more you need two more for the top five you're, you're okay you're, so you're, you're fifa wasn't in there fifa wasn't in there okay um has uh you need two more no nah, i need two more has sonic the hedgehog crossed that mm-hmm. he's in the top 15 though top 50 oh Call of duty what am I doing with myself? Of course, Call of Duty's on there. Number four. Uh, number four. So I need number three. Number three. Oh. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for a hint. What g- game genre? Would that took, give it away too t- much? You took it everywhere with you. It's portable. It's portable. Did I not? I already said Tetris. 
Uh, oh, um, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I was gonna say, you want to be the very oh my god, Pokemon. Of course, At that was that's embarrassing. I should have had Pokemon. Pokemon, you were so close, Santi. I kind of threw a wrench on that, giving you the top six, but hey. I think you did really well, Santi, there. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know what? That FIFA one, I was like, okay, worldwide sport. Not bad. A lot of people like football. Not bad. Soccer, whatever you want to call it. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, man. It's a great pool right there. But that was according to Wikipedia. So let's uh, take that as you will. So, Dude, that... I got my, my university degree because of Wikipedia. Anyone that says that Wikipedia is not a real source, bite me. I got two degrees based off of everything Wikipedia has said. You ever played web, uh, that web, uh, the Wikipedia speedrun where you like horse? Oh, I love oh, that. Yes, starting at Plankton from SpongeBob and finishing off at Barack Obama. Oh, that's pretty easy to do. That's easy. That's an easy yeah, one. Yeah, that's a pretty easy to do. That's a and it's, you click the browser links if you want to play yeah. on your own. So it's a very fun game to play. Uh, we try to play it on some of the programs that I used to be on when it comes to streaming, but. That is awesome. That is our show for today on episode three. I really do appreciate all the support. Again, every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific will be. We might have to change it to Central because I'm moving to Texas. So that mm. might be just 4 p.m. Central. I mean, I don't know. What time zone are you in? Eastern? Uh, that's 5 p.m. Eastern. We might just switch it to Eastern. Forget the West Coast. I'm no longer Sancho West. I'm Sancho Southwest. Sancho Southwest. <laughs> South by Sancho West. That's right. That's my gimmick change that I'm going to go through. It might go all. Uh, but Santi, anything that you're working on that you want to let the other fellow Checkpoint Amigos know about? You know what? If you're a wrestling fan, come check me out um, wherever it might be, YouTube, Twitch, TikTok. That's where I live and breathe. If you're into the world of WWE, AEW, professional wrestling as a whole, you'll have a nice home over there. What about you? Uh, you can definitely find me on all things Sancho West, of course, to keep it going. And, and hey, and, you know, support me. I, like I mentioned, I cannot wait to talk about this podcast, but I'm a broken gamer, okay? And I need your support to help me branch out, you know? Help me. You help me, Santi? Yes, give him suggestions, everybody. Give him suggestions. Yes. What, he, he, what has he missed? What, what has he missed over the last five years that he needs to play ASAP? Let us know in the comments down below. And, of course, this has been the Checkpoint Amigos, the pod for the gaming people. Adios.